Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Aloha. Aloha. All right, well, good morning. And um, we just want to say thank you so much. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome. And thank you for sharing your worship experience with us. We believe in our heart of hearts that God has brought you here for a purpose. And if you are a regular attendee here, regular member, welcome home, all right? And um, we're so glad to see you again. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. James chapter 3, verse 18 and verses 13 through 18. Today we're going to be talking about wisdom. And if you don't, if you didn't bring your Bibles, you can open your bulletins and pull out your sermon notes. And today we're going to be talking about a specific kind of wisdom. James says it is a wisdom from above. It is a heavenly wisdom or a godly wisdom, a genuine wisdom, and it produces humility instead of pride. And then last week, we learned from James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12 about taming the tongue, all right? And how important it is to tame the tongue. So James 3, the whole chapter, it highlights four main things. Wisdom, humility, pride, and the tongue. Wisdom, humility, pride, and the tongue. And uh, with that, I want to share with you a story about a pastor. This is not me, okay? So a pastor decided to play hooky and skip church on Sunday and decided to play golf instead. So he called the church secretary, <clears throat> oh, uh, I'm not feeling too well and uh, I, I won't be able to make it to church. So instead of going to church, he drives to the other side of the town to play golf in a golf course where nobody would recognize or know him. And so he teed off on the first hole, and as he swings his first swing, a huge gust of wind, it caught, it caught the ball, and it carried the ball an extra 100 yards, and he dropped it into a hole for a 450-yard hole-in-one, and he was in complete shock and disbelief. An angel looked at God and said, hey, what'd you do that for? God smiled and winked and said, who is he gonna tell, right? <laughs> who is he gonna tell? See, wisdom says to choose humility over pride, tame your tongue, and don't tell anybody. Did the pastor just say to lie? I didn't say that, right? We're talking about wisdom and humility. And so with that, would you all stand together? Let's go ahead and read James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, if you're able to stand, just in reverence and respect to God's word. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? By his conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and do not be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, it is unspiritual, and it is demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. 
but the wisdom from above is first and foremost pure, then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we need your wisdom, O Lord God, because every day we make decisions, dozens and dozens of decisions. Some of them have very little to no consequence. Most of them do, but Lord, some have eternal consequence. And so, Lord, your word says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord who gives it liberally. Lord, we need the genius of heaven to be downloaded to us. We need heavenly wisdom, wisdom from above. So we know what to say, what not to say to our spouse. We know what to say, what not to say to our children, to our boss, to our employees. Lord, we need your discernment. So Father, I pray God that we humble ourselves this morning. We don't know it all. We need guidance, we need grace, we need your mercies, we need your wisdom. So Father, I pray, Lord, that you would fill us and meet us right where we're at. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. On October 20th, 2016, there was a news that shocked a majority of millennials and Generation Xers like myself. Because for the longest time, we have been brought up through the movies uh, that this idea of romance and love and chivalry. Movies like the Notebook, <laughs> or Dear John. See, for a long time, Nicholas Sparks wrote over 22 novels, and he made $890 million worldwide through these films, not including the books. So his genre was romantic novels, and everybody had their idea of what love should look like and what love should be and what romance looks like. But in October 2015, Nicholas and his wife, of over 25 years, um, let it be known public that they were having a divorce. And so, don't just show us what romance is. Don't just say and talk and write stories about it. Show us, right? You know, this year, um, the Lakers have not been made it to the playoffs for the last five years. And LeBron James had this multi-year contract, and he got injured in the year, and then a bunch of the Lakers players got injured. And for some strange reason this year, LeBron James was quiet on social media. And when they asked him, hey, LeBron, why are you so quiet? How come you're not posting your workout and all these crazy things that you're doing? He goes, hey, I don't wanna talk about it. I wanna be about it. I don't wanna say stuff. 
I want the substance of my gain to show. James chapter 3.13 says, hey, is there any among you who are wise? Any of you who have wisdom and discernment and understanding in how to live your life? James says, hey, don't just talk about it, be about it, show it by your good conduct, show it in how you live your life. So here's the main point uh, this morning regarding this idea of heavenly wisdom. Would you write down that godly wisdom brings peace in our relationships? If you were to ask me to summarize these five, peric- five verses, this pericope of text, I would say that godly wisdom brings peace in our relationships. Because wisdom is not about knowing trivia and knowledge. Wisdom is not about knowing the conundrums and the things of life, right? It's not knowing things like, you know, you put two socks in the dryer and when you, when you open it, only one sock is there. How does it happen? Well, wisdom said, that's not what he's talking about. Wisdom is something that is real, that is tangible, that has, affects the reality of your everyday life. And the way that it does that is that true, biblical, genuine wisdom from God, it will bring relate, peace in your relationships. Why do I say that? Number one, would you write down that true wisdom produces good conduct and humility? For real kind wisdom, the one that is from God, it produces something. It produces two things in verse 13. It produces good conduct or right behavior and humility. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding? Don't just show about it, be about it. How do you show, how do you show that you have wisdom and understanding? By his what? Good conduct, let him show his works, how? In the meekness, the word meekness there is, could be translated in, or, or in the gentleness or in the humility of what? Wisdom, that wisdom produces good conduct. And what is good conduct? Good conduct, if we go to the slide, is this, it is acts of obedience to God performed consistently day after day. That if you have the wisdom of God within you, that is gonna show that in day to day, you will obey God moment to moment and it will this have this accumulative effect that one decision, one decision and another decision, this, these series of decisions would result in your what? in your conduct. Others would say that this is your character. The true wisdom, it produces in you obedience. It produces in us good conduct. The word for good conduct there is anastrophe, means to conduct with apparent focus on daily behavior. Let me repeat that. The word conduct is to conduct with apparent focus on daily behavior. Why is that? Because wisdom, or the beginning of wisdom rather, starts with fearing God. 
over five times in wisdom literature, we see Psalm 111, verse 10. It's not on your notes, but it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, Proverbs 4, 7, the beginning of wisdom is this, Get wisdom. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you have this foundation of fear of God, fear that God is completely sovereign, fear to know that, man, I am but dust. From dust I came, from to dust I shall return that God is free and sovereign to do whatever he pleases, he gives, he takes away. And if you have this firm foundation of the fear of the Lord, that you're terrified of his holiness, that you're just but sinful man, that you're just but clay and but dust, and you understand who God is, it is gonna affect the way that you live your life. That you're gonna have a focus that one day, I clock in, I clock out, nine to five, but there's more to life than this. That I just do not just have a soul, I am a soul. That everything I do now, I will reap a harvest, that there will be a day of reckoning that I am accountable to God. And it affects the way that I live my life, that there is a focus to who I want to be, that the decisions I make ultimately compose or comprise my conduct or my character. Not only does it uh, produce in us uh, this good conduct, but wisdom also, would you write down, produces in us humility. What is humility? Understanding our position as sin sinful creatures in relationship to the glory and majesty of who God is. I think Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse two captures this. You could put that down, CF, right? Compare Ecclesiastes 5.2 which says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. Let your words be few before God. That there is this humble acceptance like, man, Lord, nothing is guaranteed. My next breath is not guaranteed. I don't know if I'll make it till tomorrow. I don't know if I'll make it till next week, till next month. My very life, my very breath depends on your sovereignty of who you are and of your goodness and your grace and your mercy. I think one of the examples that really struck me was um, one of my heroes in the faith, John Piper, who's a pastor at um, Bethlehem uh, Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A prolific writer, but he talked to us. He talked to uh, the Gospel Coalition, and he said, you know what? I had this thought, and he loves the Lord. Um, he just retired, and he, he said, you know, he was here in um, Hawaii doing a conference, and a thought entered his mind. While he was in his hotel room, on the 30th floor, a thought entered his mind. I was like, oh, 
what, why didn't you just jump? Like what, like, what could really happen? I was like, oh my gosh. And he was, he basically came to the point, I was like, man, if it was not for the mercy of God preventing that thought, capturing that thought, making it obedient to Christ, he would have basically committed suicide. That the mercies of God prevented him from doing that. And so true wisdom, it produces in us right behavior, a focus on obedience to God, act by act, so that it, com it composes or comprises our, our character, but it also produces humility. Lord, I'm nothing without you, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Lord, if you don't lead me, if you don't guide me, I'm gonna mess up my kids so bad, I'm, I'm gonna end up divorced, I'm gonna mess up my, you know, and it's this type of dependency and humility before God. Because James is gonna later on say, man, if, if, you, if you are proud, God will oppose you. God will resist you. It come, if you come before the Lord and not come before him in prayer and just do your thing and not take the time to worship, and even before you make a decision, a simple prayer like, Lord, help me. Lord, give me guidance. Amen. The Bible says that God will oppose that. But if you humble yourself, simple prayer, just, Lord, please give me traveling mercies. Simple prayer like that. Lord, my life is in your hands. Please give me humility please protect me, then God will give you grace upon grace. Number two, would you write down that false wisdom rooted in strong feelings of envy and selfish ambition result in chaos. <laughs> that there's genuine wisdom, but there's false wisdom. And the root of false wisdom are two things, all right? James mentions it twice, envy and selfish ambition. Now the word envy, envy there is a Greek word zealos, where you get the word like zealot, okay? It could be used uh, positively, like Jesus had zeal for his house and he drove out the thieves, right? But the word zealot here, um, it's zealos, it's, it's a negative word because it is, combined with bitter envy and selfish ambition. Let's read in James 3.14. But if you have what? Bitter, jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Because true wisdom is what? Humility. And if you boast and if you brag, oh, Oh, check out my car, check out my house. Oh, guess what school I went to. Look how perfectly behaved my kids are. Look at my health, right? Look at my ketosis level. I'm in perfect ketosis right now, right? If you boast, if you brag, that is false wisdom, right? Verse 15, this is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. A heart full of bitter jealousy and selfish ambition results in boasting, and boasting is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Look at verse 16. 
It gets worse, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. What is the main point of James 3, 13 through 18? It's in the top of our notes that true wisdom or godly wisdom brings peace in our relationships. That if there's wisdom from God, it's gonna bring peace in your relationships. What prevents peace in our relationships? Selfish ambition and bitter jealousy. If you have the word there for jealousy there, and, and it's like, it's, it's bitter resentment. If you have resentment in your heart, and if you're jealous over someone, this was used of how the Pharisees were jealous of Jesus because Jesus spoke with authority, okay? And if you have selfish ambition in your hearts, this is false wisdom, and it's gonna bring chaos to your life. True wisdom brings what? Peace in your life. Now, uh, last week I mentioned that my son Judah uh, turned 13, and so all week we've been asking, hey Judah, what do you wanna do for your birthday? He goes, oh, I don't know. And then it wasn't until the last day on Friday, the day before his birthday, on a Saturday, procrastinator like his dad, he's like, uh, I think I wanna do this. I, wa- I wanna have a sleepover with my friends. I'm like, wait, you're deciding this now? All right, you wanna have a sleepover with your friends? I was like, I just, we already booked for Friday night, Renee and I were gonna have a date night at uh, Colina Barroom because they had pastor's appreciation dinner for all the pastors in Hawaii. And you know, I wanted to, and there was a part of me that was just like, wanted to go and meet with other pastors and like, oh, what numbers are you running, brah, right? <laughs> Oh, we got a ministry center. Oh, we're working on this and we're working on that. And there was like this, uh, this selfish ambition that says like, oh, I, re- I really should go. And to make it worse, right, should I go on, the, on this uh, pastor's appreciation dinner, right? Or should I serve my son for his 13th birthday? and drive them around all over the beach and have them put sand in my car. (laughs) Anyways, besides the point. And then I got a text from one of the local pastors, Pastor Mike Kai, who was a a big church, Inspire Church in Waikele. He goes, hey, Pastor John, are you coming to Equip and Inspire Conference? I'm like, oh, we didn't get tickets. Bro, you need to come. It's life-changing. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. He goes, bro, I will put you on my guest list. We have a swag package for those who are on my guest list. You just go up there. You don't need to pay 200, 300 bucks for registration. You just come up there, say your name, you and Renee, and we'll give you the swag bag, and you'll sit in the front, and everybody's gonna, I'll introduce you to different people all over the world. Um, And it sounded real tempting. But what is wisdom? Wisdom brings peace in our relationships. Because if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, it's gonna bring chaos 
to your life and disorder in your relationships. So I asked my wife, hey, babe, <laughs> right? You know it's going to be trouble when you say, hey, babe, right? I was like, hey, babe, uh, you know, there's this pastor's appreciation letter and my kind is texted. Um, do you think it's okay if I go? He goes, oh, yeah, you can go. Yeah, go ahead. You can come. I'm like, oh, no, right? <laughs> it's one of those you can, but you better not, right? And so I'm like, what do I do? I was like, so I prayed. I was like, Lord, what do I do? Equip and Inspire conference comes every month, every year. It will always be there. Pastor's Appreciation Dinner will always be there every year. But my son will only turn 13 once. I need to communicate to him that he matters more than my ministry more than my ambition and this need to feel recognized or to be wanted. See, that is biblical wisdom. Because jealousy, bitterness, wanting to fit in, pushing aside your family, your faith, your convictions, selling out to climb up the corporate ladder, and you think, oh, I'm going to have more money, I'll have more zeros in my bank account. That is not wisdom. That is foolishness. And it's going to bring disorder. It is earthly. It is unspiritual. It is demonic. You see here, um, James, he, he, he progresses, he climaxes, where it's like, you know, earthly, okay, earthly, it's just, it's just not heavenly. And then, you know, Spiritual, it is unspiritual as opposed to spiritual, but he was like, you know what? I need to really make it a point that, man, this is straight up demonic to have selfish ambition and to have bitter jealousy. Number three, we'll go ahead and close with this, that the righteousness of God grows and flourishes in the atmosphere of peace. The righteousness the Greek word there is the kaiosune. The Hawaiian word is the pono of God, right? It will grow and it flourishes when there is the atmosphere of peace. Let's look at verse 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above, so now, if I could just pause here real quickly. So in verse 13, he asks a question, right? Who is wise and understanding among you? Verse 14, he answers that. Let him show through his good works. Verses 15, he starts off with a wrong answer, right? Which is earthly wisdom. And then in verses uh, 15 through 16, he talks about earthly wisdom, that it's, un, it's uh, demonic. But in verse 17, he gives the right answer, which is heavenly wisdom, okay? Just want you guys to see the structure. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peaceable and gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial and sincere. What does that sound like to you guys? Anybody? Bueller, anybody? <laughs> it sounds like Galatians 5, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But here, James, he takes the attributes or the works of the Spirit, and he puts it with wisdom, that wisdom, these are the, the fruit of the Spirit. 
of wisdom. And what is the fruit? First of all, first and foremost, it is pure. It means it connotates innocence and moral blamelessness. And the nature of this, those word pure, is expressed in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, where the church is to present him, herself before Christ as hagnos, the word there in Greek, which means a virgin or pure, okay? Now, this, the seven qualities here in James 3.17, there's seven qualities, but it basically talks about Purity. Now, the three groups here, the first three words all begin with the same letter and have similar endings. And um, peace-loving, irenike, considerate, epeikes, and submissive, epiphes. Now, uh, in Greek, it, 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 like, it all rhymes, right? And uh, James, he's really flexing his literary skills here. But the middle two character, okay, the middle two character, mercy and good fruit, it's subordinated by, it's full of, right? Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. This is the wisdom from God. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That if you have godly wisdom, you're gonna have peace in your relationships. And when you have peace, the righteousness, the goodness, the favor, the presence of God will be harvested where you're at. Okay? Now, what I didn't mention is that on Saturday, on Judah's birthday, um, our car got broken into. So they hit up Coolio O neighborhood and they uh, opened about six cars and they stole uh, Renee's purse with all of our credit cards and um, everything and they charged up uh, like $2,000 and um, it's been this long thing. And my son, Ezzy, Ezra, four years old, he's trying to process. The whole week, he's been praying, Lord, help us catch the bad guys. Is there bad guys, Daddy, right? Is there the bad guys who stole Mommy's purse? Is there bad guys? Could we pray that we catch the bad guys? Right? And then I said, as he, because wisdom is full of what? Mercy and good fruits. I said, as he, instead of praying we catch the bad guys, because he goes, Dad, I want to be a policeman. I want to catch the bad guys who stole mommy's purse. I said, Ezzy, how about you pray? Maybe God calls you to be a pastor. So you tell them about Jesus and the bad guys become good guys. Wisdom is what? It's full of mercy. Uh, you know, I have three more verses, but time is up. I just want to say this as we come to a close that What good is it to have peaceful relationships? What good is it to have a healthy marriage? What good is it to have obedient kids if your soul is separated from Christ? Jesus says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? 
the danger of James, I and I believe this is why Martin Luther tried to take James out of the Bible, out of the canon, is because it could lean to wisdom and moralism. Christian Smith, I believe who's a, is it Yale or Harvard? But he came up with this term, moralistic therapeutic deism, which basically says a lot of people who go to church instead of being born again, instead of repenting from their sin and turning to the gospel, they just say, I wanna be good. If I'm a good person, if I have peace with my wife or my husband, if I have peace with my kids, then I'm okay. What good is it? The beginning of wisdom is, is what? The fear of God. And I want to wrap this up. I want to bring it to this point that who cares if your kids are educated and they have good careers and they get married? Who cares if you're financially secure? if you're separated from God, because there's the fear of God that should strike you that says, man, I, have, uh, I got one life, that's all that's left. After this, Hebrews says, once a man is pointed to die, then comes judgment. What's the use of having relationships and peace if your soul is separated from God? What's the use of going through life without having your soul satisfied with God? St. Augustine says this, Lord, may our restless souls continue to be restless until it finds its rest in you. You will always be seeking, you will always be wanting, you'll always be restless. You can have all these things. These are gifts from God. God gives you gifts. Of, of relationships, of parents and kids and home and career, but it does not fulfill the God-sized hole in your heart, this gaping hole that only Jesus can fill. So what is the use of, and that's demonic wisdom. Genuine wisdom starts with the sphere of God that one day you're gonna have to give an account, I have to give an account of what I did with Jesus? Did I put my faith in him and believe in him? Did I surrender and give my life to him? Or did I just play church? And so with all heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord, we just... This is your opportunity to respond to Christ. Good relationships are nice. It affects the quality of your life, but you're made more for so much more than just having a job, just then just clocking in and clocking out. You're made to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if that's you this morning, and yes, you want the healthy relationships, yes, you want peace in your relationships, but you need to have peace with God first. Everything else does not matter. And if you wanna receive uh, Christ this morning with all heads bowed and eyes closed, and you wanna say, yes, John, I, I, 
I have everything. God has been so good to me, but I want to surrender my life to him. I've, I've been living for myself. I really haven't had that fear of the Lord. And that's you. Would you just um, raise your hand, open your eyes, lift up your head in this place if you want to receive Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just a couple more moments. Could you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to live the perfect life that I could never live, to die my death on the cross that I deserved, and to be resurrected from the dead so that I could live in victory. Jesus, come into my life. Be my savior. Save me from my sin. Be my Lord. Be the God over my life. Would you seal me now with your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray, God, for everybody else. We ask, oh Lord, for a divine wisdom that comes from you. Lord, I pray, God, for peace in our relationships. If there's any fractures, oh Lord God, if there's any broken relationships, oh Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom, you would give us courage, Lord, to reconcile those relationships. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring peace into our homes, that the kingdom of God would be upon our household. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen. amen. Let's all stand up together. Amen.